Hey everyone, welcome back to the Ascend Together podcast. This is the conclusion of our interview with Jess Robinson, where she finishes the story of running the Boston Marathon with shingles and with an eight-month-old nursing baby. This is part two of our interview, so if you haven't listened to part one, you might want to go back an episode and check that out first. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy. stopped your story at the pregnant half marathon so do you need to do you need to finish that was that that was an intermission right sorry that was that was all on me oh no that's fine um so pregnant half marathon i run it and then my goal is to be able to run to 30 weeks and then from that because again like i get large but at this point i had done pretty well and stayed within the pound a week, which is not what normal women hope for. (laughs) They hope for much less than a pound a week, but I was like, okay, now I'm going to make it to 30 weeks. And I gave myself a time that I would run instead of like distances. Like I'm going to run for an hour because I continued to get slower. So how far I could get was no longer a good measure of like, how long I was exercising. So I would just give myself durations. Like I'm going to run for an hour or 45 minutes. And then of course it kept decreasing. I made it to 36 weeks and I was huge. I should show you guys pictures because you would be like, why were you running like huge? And people are like, oh my gosh, you're so I'm, I'm just trying to imagine what kind of like straps you would wear so that oh, you could actually. All the straps, everything you could think of, anything that would like relieve the pressure. Because again, this isn't my first kid. This is my fourth kid too. So like I'm all stretched out already and like no muscles are. Like I have muscles, but then my body knew exactly what to do when I'm pregnant. So just like, um, wait, did Colby, so have, it, did Colby like jump in at any point and be like, what are you doing? Uh, or was he just, he knows, he knows not to go there. Yeah. He's just <laughs> like, you got it, dear. Yeah. He's like, wow, maybe you wouldn't be so tired. I'm like, what? Don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, so I make it, I have him. And traditionally I will not race until I have the baby's a year old because I nurse. Um, so I don't even plan for races until after they've turned one. And I always have a lot of weight to lose. So I will take that year building a base. Well, I didn't have a year. I had eight months till race day. So I usually can start exercising about four weeks out. Um, I'm like too antsy to wait any longer and exercise, meaning it feels really hard, even just doing something that wouldn't be hard to me normally. So it does the job, but I went for my first run and I, my first run after having him, I was able to run six miles, which I mean, four weeks after having a baby, that's not bad. I actually looked at my pace. It wasn't even slow. I was like, Whoa, wowza. That was good. <laughs> no, but, and I just kept kept along that train. It was rough. I'm not gonna lie because we moved to Medford, um, and I was 
35 weeks pregnant when we moved here. And my husband had just bought a practice. So we had just finished training and we moved to a new city. Plus we were going to have a new baby. Um, and we were remodeling his practice. All This is all at the same time. So then I have the baby and I have to start training. And so I have to start waking up, you know, really early and making sure that I nurse before I go and then I'm home. Because you're already getting enough sleep with a new baby and then you got to wake up and run. Right. And, you know, it's funny because I wanted to do it. You know, no one made me do it. No one said I had to do it. But I was because I was so fit when I ran that marathon and it was my first marathon, I thought I might never have a chance again. Like I have to take this chance. Who knows? So I trained my little butt off and I hired a coach. I had never used a coach, but I knew that the methods that I had used would not work right after having a baby and keep me from being injured because I would just do more and faster and more and faster. And I knew that wasn't smart. So I got a coach and I was like, listen, she said, what's your goal? And I was like, I mean, I would love to qualify for Boston at Boston, but truthfully, my goal is to make it to the starting line ready to race. And so she got me there. Uh, I got shingles right before the race. Um, and if you've had shingles, you are how, what was weird is it, the first signs are that you're extremely tired, like extremely fatigued, tired, and you have like some brain fog, but those are also things that happen when you have a new baby and you're training for a marathon. So like, I was just like falling asleep. I'd sit down and then I would just fall asleep and I'd wake up and I'd be like, where's my baby? Like, oh my gosh, how much time has passed? Like. And my little sweet Margaret was three and she would be like, I'm right here, mom. I got the baby. Thank the heavens for her because she took care of me at that time before I knew that I had shingles. And I started getting like the sores and I asked Colby about it. And I knew because I've been in tune, like with my body and mind a lot, I knew something was wrong. And I showed Colby, I'm like, I had him on my sides and like in my groin. And he goes, it's probably just chafing. You always get weird chafing from your sports bras. I'm like, this isn't chafing, but I was like, whatever. I won't ask you for asking a dentist. (laughs) Well, I knew (laughs) it was silly for me to ask him because I knew something was wrong, but I just wanted someone to say it was fine. But then when he said it was fine, I was like, no, it's not fine. But I didn't dare. I I, I'm not kidding. The Lord told me it was shingles. It was like, you have shingles. And I didn't want to look it up because I'm like, I was two weeks out from my marathon. I'm like, nope, I don't have shingles. I definitely don't have shingles. You can't be sick. I can't, I don't want to know what that means for me. I'd rather just wait and see than know. So we are like getting planning everything. I had never really left my kids at this point because we didn't have money to ever go anywhere. So this is the first time I'd left my other kids. And so my heart was like tight about leaving them. And then my heart was tight about traveling two time zones, which is three hour gap 
And when you're nursing, a three-hour time change is like, I was planning what time am I going to have to wake up before I get on the bus? How long am I going to have before I need to nurse him again? Is he going to starve? <laughs> like, am I going to be like totally engorged? Like, is this going to be the worst thing ever? So I had that stress, which led to the single shingles, I'm sure. And then the physical stress, it was the combination of the emotional and the physical, I'm sure. I forget my, my ID. That's how much brain fog you have when you have shingles. It's the weirdest thing. You literally can't remember things. But again, I drive to the airport. I don't have my license. Luckily, we live in Medford. My father-in-law hauls butt back. And the Lord tells me where my license is. Literally, I'm like praying, like, I have to find my license. I can't, like, I'm like trying to hold it together. Like, if I miss the flight, I like have been doing this all for nothing. Like, I can't miss this flight. I have to find my license. I walk right inside. Immediately, it's like, it's in your jean shorts pocket. And I'm like, when did I wear my jean shorts? And it's like, forget it. Just go and get it. I go get fly back. I missed the flight, but luckily there was a flight that day out. That was, it wasn't the same route we were going to take, but I still was going to get there in time. So we get there and the night, two nights before the race, I Google what is shingle, like shingles, signs and symptoms of shingles. And then it lists. And I was like, son of a, I was like, I have every symptom. And so I text my coach. I'm like, so I have shingles. <laughs> I'm like, I've had them for a while though. Like, I think it's been a week. So I'm probably like on the downward of it. I think oh, I'm going to be okay. She's like, well, I would change your goal. I'm like, not changing my goal. Uh, tell me something else. <laughs> <laughs> and get, and the weather is supposed to be extremely hot, which is the thing about Boston is you either get like hideous rain or like storms or it's unseasonably hot. So training in Medford at 40 degrees in the rain, I really like the rain. I was hoping for rain. I have rain gear. I'm like, dude, I will slay this in the rain. The rain won't even bother me. I'll be happy. It was 80. And plus I'm nursing. So not having trained at all in the heat and nursing, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm gonna like, I don't know how I'm gonna do this. So, the funny thing is, is because it's Boston and there was the bombing, you can only take this little bag, like this teeny little bag. And I don't um, pump or leave bottles, but so I nurse them at four in the morning. I try to, you know, this might be TMI, but I try to empty both sides and just pray that like it all works out. So I go and get on the thing and I bring a little pump just to pump before I start just in case for myself. So I'm not uncomfortable. And they give you a list of what you can bring in this little baggie and a pump is not on there. <laughs> and I was just prepared. Like if someone tells me I cannot bring this, I will make the biggest scene like, Oh, so you nursing moms can't run marathons. Really? No, we can. Like I was like, luckily no one dared to say anything. They just looked at it. They were kind of like, <laughs> having my bag back. So you get up there, you wait for like three hours. It's 
Uh, it's like a mile walk to the bus. Then you ride the bus for an hour. Then it's a half mile walk to the athlete's village and you wait on your feet in there waiting in line in the bathroom pretty much because the race doesn't start till 10 AM. And you've been up since I had been up since four. And so then from the athlete's village, they call your wave. And I was in one of the earliest waves. Thank heavens, but it's already heating up. It's hot. And we're walking and it's a half mile walk to the starting line. And I literally am looking around at all the people. I think partially from shingles and partially just from the whole past year and eight months, I was almost in tears and I hadn't even started. I was like, I can't believe I have to run a marathon now. I am so tired. Like I am so tired. And you would think I would be so excited. And I was, but it was definitely dampened by the exhaustion that I felt like normally I'm so hyped the adrenaline and the crowd. And this is a 30,000 people. Like there are people screaming the whole way. Like if there is hype, it should have been happening, but I was just exhausted. And I'm looking around at all these people and I'm like, dude, all these people are fast. And so how am I supposed to like slow down? Because they're just going to push me along. So the first two miles, you don't get to pick a pace. Just whatever the crowd picks is your pace. It's like, hope you can survive. Hope it doesn't shred your legs. My coach had warned me about that. She's like, so this is different. You get no warm up. And you just have to run whatever pace people are running until it spreads out. And I was like, okay. So I had just had a baby. So running a 730 for the first mile was not my choice. But I was like, well, we're doing this. So miles one and two and three running way faster than I wanted to run Boston. So just to give you an idea People's times from St. George to Boston, people who run it, it's about a 20-minute time difference. That's how different these courses are. So running 740s in St. George is like, oh, yeah. But running 730s and 740s in Boston is like, oh, this is not fun. So I'm running, running, holding on pace. Then mile 16 comes. And Colby had said that maybe he would meet me at mile 16. Mile 16, I have to go to the bathroom. And I was on pace at mile 16 and going to the bathroom adds about two minutes. So you sit there and it's going as fast as you can, obviously. And just watching it, a crew, a crew. And at Boston at mile 16, that's when the race gets hard because you are about to now run up the four large hills that are steep and not fun. So I was like, I am quitting. If I see Colby, I am jumping the fence. Really, like I was that defeated. I was like, I am so tired. I'm so hot. I lost my goal. Why would I even do it now? Doesn't I shouldn't even finish. Like, it's so stupid. I know I can run a marathon. Like, this is just torture. And I'm, you know, just all the spirals. And I don't see Colby. I'm looking for him. Please, please, I'm going to jump the fence if I see you. Um, 
I didn't see him and I thought about quitting so many times, but the problem is, is there's so many people, if you quit getting back to where you want to go to bed and lay down is longer if you jump the fence. So I just kept going and I walked. I would, I probably didn't walk that many times, but it felt like a lot because normally that's not a normal thing. I walked and then I would run. And then finally, when I got within like two miles, I was like, okay, I can do this. I can do this using the faith and hope. And I crossed the finish line and I hadn't even walked far enough to get my medal yet. And Colby was on the left and he was like, Jess, you did it. And just tears. I have a video of it. Like tears, just me, just. And it wasn't just that race. It was like a year and a half of tears and exhaustion and just like, why did I do that? That was the worst idea. Like just so sad. And Colby and all these people, they were like, he was like, hey, she just did it. And she just had this baby and she has four kids, like trying to be so nice. And all these people are like, Whoa, like ah. and I'm just crying. He's like, you did such a great job. And I'm like, no, I didn't. I got my freaking bucket. <laughs> and still, like, I'm so grateful for that experience because really since then, I don't feel like I've had, like, a major victory. I guess that end of that year, I PR'd my marathon. But since that point, I feel like I've kind of been, like, climbing out of as far as like when you're in the beginning of being a runner, you have tons of improvement where you're just improving every race. And it's just like these leaps and bounds. And you just feel like that you could keep doing that, but you can't, especially when you have all these other things. And that really was the pinnacle. Like, okay, I have reached where I can go with the choices I'm making in this life. You know, this is, this is where I can go. This is as fast. This is, was the best I could do with the choices that I've made. And I still did a pretty good time. I ran like eight thirties, but I really wanted to qualify for Boston at Boston, but it didn't. And then right after I went to the medic tent, got myself some stuff and nurse my baby on the side of the, on the side of the sidelines and that to me was that like god gave me this body and i am a female and i can do hard things but i'm still a female like i'm a male i don't want to be a male and i'm so grateful that he allowed me this opportunity and I can still, I didn't have to make a choice between the two that yes, I got shingles, <laughs> but I nursed my baby till he was a year old and I still got to run the Boston marathon. So I have been so grateful that I can do the things that I want and still be a mom and a wife and still try to follow God's commandments.
Um, that's where I'm at now. Now I'm just like, okay, COVID. Ooh. <laughs> we all are. That's a great story, Jess. I think you know, one of the things that I took out of that was when you talk about training and running and, you know, physically you can kind of reach a peak where you're not making any more gains. Your gains are really, really small. Um, but I don't think the Lord gives us those. There's not the same uh, plateau spiritually where spiritually you can always grow and you can always find new things to do and, and have the spirit with you stronger, follow it even more. Um, so I think that sometimes that's the, it's a lesson in itself where physically you can push yourself, but the end is really, I think your health and spiritually, you can just always grow and learn more. And that's, I think some of the growth that uh, we kind of have to change our perspectives a little bit and focus on some of those different uh, stewardships that we have as we do those things. Mm-hmm. So. That's a good thought. I think what the one similarity I would mention is that as you, as you try to become more Christ-like, I, th- I think like the gains become like, more and more challenging and like they're smaller. Like I'm trying to be more patient, but it's like, man, I've been doing that for years now. Whereas <laughs> like as a teenager, you kind of jump over weaknesses, maybe a little mm-hmm. faster. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, that story is incredible and I really appreciate it just as a, as a guy, pretty much anytime a woman sits down and just teaches me a little bit about being a woman. It's good. Uh, and I'll tell you, Ryan and I get out probably once a week, at least to ride or, or to run or something. And, you know, if I'm not feeling super strong, I'll usually start that activity with something like, Oh man, you know, Ryan, I didn't sleep very well last night or, you know, work's been stressful. You're, Jess, you're kind of taking the wind out of my cells uh, <laughs> on my uh, my excuses that I use to underperform. You kind of just you kind of just squished all of them, like any that could ever exist for the rest of my life. I think are pretty much oh, invalid. <laughs> I was going to throw in there. I can't believe you were still breastfeeding and running that much to train for a marathon, like just physically, I mean, that's amazing. Physiologically. You know, that's the beauty of, I did tell people, uh, you know, I have several friends who are always like, they are a lot leaner than I am and they're runners. And they always ask, you know, how did you keep your milk supply? And I'm like, dude, you just gained like 60 pounds and you have like lots of extra fat. And then your baby like is not in a deficit. I mean, no, but I mean, gaining that amount of weight in some ways was a blessing in that regard for all of my siblings, even never had a problem producing a lot of milk. I could have probably fed lots of armies. So that was a blessing. The differences in pregnancy for women and all that. It's really, really interesting how different it is. Oh yeah. It's, and night and day even as a guy very quickly i learned that i hated when anybody would give us 
pregnancy advice because oh, it only yeah. took one kid before I was like, it does not matter what happened to her. Like it literally means nothing mm-hmm. because you're going to have your experience and you can't even count fully on what happened with your last kid. No. no so, okay. No. So maybe, maybe you already did this, but if you had to wrap up what you learned from that whole thing now, looking back in one sentence. So from that time to now, I think all the stuff before was like the honeymoon, you know, where it was all exciting. And I, you know, it was easy to get a puffed up chest and to be really proud of, look at me, my first marathon, like, you know, it felt like, wow, I could really do anything. And from that point forward, really since then, I feel like I've just had to learn to endure. And I think like, I love that word so much because it's changed meaning for me in so many different times of life. Like endure literally means to me, like, just keep trying. Don't stop trying, you know, don't. There's been so many times in the last few years, just I've missed every goal I've made basically since that point. I have not hit a race goal since then. And that's hard. And I've had injuries and I've had, you know, then COVID and everything being canceled and like my identity being like, whoa, who am I without racing, you know? But like enduring really is not giving up, meaning that you're continuing in the same direction, not just that you become complacent and just sit down and stay where you are and just endure the storm sitting there, but that even if you're just moving a little bit or just crawling or army crawling even in the same direction that that is life and that's kind of where I am with running is just be grateful for the days you get to run and just endure all of it Huge thanks to Jess for taking the time to talk with us. We had a great time and we learned a lot. And thank you for listening. Uh, If you get a chance, leave us a rating and a review in your podcast app and share with your friends and let us know if you've got anyone you think we ought to talk to. Until next time, take care.